0: Welcome to Radical Resilience, the podcast. I'm your host, Pega Kadkodian. Resilience is more than just learning to bounce back from adversity. It is both a spiritual and practical journey of returning to the essence of who you are. With Radical Resilience, life can throw anything at you, and no matter how tossed around you get, no matter how hard you fall, you have the ability to get back up and come home to yourself. Here are the inspirational stories of women who embody Radical Resilience and learn the resources you need to reclaim your passion, purpose, and power. Hello and welcome to Radical Resilience, the podcast. I am your host, Pega Kadkodian, and I am so excited about our guest today. She is not only an incredible human being, an amazing practitioner, coach, and facilitator, but she is one of my dearest friends and someone I can... Say is absolutely a soul sister. We met actually many years ago when I was at my very first NLP or neuro-linguistic programming training. I was attending and she was assisting. We definitely hit it off there. And then a year later, we found ourselves at another training, both vying for the same job. And we didn't know that we were both up for the same job. And the minute we figured it out, we went, oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. It's you. I really like you. I don't want to compete against you. And so we sat there next to each other during the training. And on the next break, I took her aside and I said, listen, we have a choice here. We can either compete against each other. This can be kind of a cutthroat situation, or we could be on the same team, support each other, lift each other up and be each other's cheerleaders and set the intention that we both get hired. And of course, That was an unexpected thing for her. She certainly wasn't expecting me to do that. But she is an incredible human being and she absolutely went for it. And so we decided to do just that. And in the end, we did, in fact, both get the job. Now, I went ahead and took the job and began teaching for a few years. She opted out of that and decided to really focus on the other things that she was building and creating and doing in the world. But we remained dear friends and have supported each other over the years. Her story of resilience is really remarkable, which is why I asked her to be on the show. But more than that, she also has a lot of incredible tools and modalities and things that she's implemented herself and certainly with clients to uh, really cultivate that sense of resilience. I'm not gonna do it justice, but I'm going to attempt to give you a little bit of background on her. She is a trainer of neurolinguistic programming. She is a strategic intervention coach. She is the creator of the Radiant Girls programs and events, so she works very closely with parents and kids and teens on how to develop better relationships. She's been working for the Tony Robbins organization for years and she has actually coached Olympic athletes as well. She's an incredible human being with so many gifts and so much uh, incredible background, and I just can't say enough about her. I am so pleased to introduce you to Ms. Gina Faubert. Gina, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It is really a remarkable story of resilience that you have. And certainly we could talk about so many different things in your life that you have had to grapple with and navigate your way through. I mean, certainly we're both entrepreneurs and there's a need for resilience in that avenue. And I'd like to start really with your childhood. You had an incredible Childhood and and really had to cultivate a sense of resilience in navigating that. So just tell us a little bit, if you
1: would. I mean, everybody's got stuff that happened to them as a as a kid. Our background, um, who makes that, and it makes us who who we are. You know, our our scabs, our our scars, our our wins, our losses, all of that. But as a kid, I grew up in a. Environment that was um, always changing. You know, by the time I was twenty, we had moved over twenty times. So, you know, we never really stayed in one place for very long. And there were times where we were, you know, we evicted. We were moving because of uh, a boyfriend or a job or financial, and and lots of ups and downs. You know, we would unpack some things, but not most. You know, and lived in a in a place where there was a lot of uh, a lot of change. We just kind of rolled with it. You never knew what was gonna, how long you were going to be in one place, so we just didn't really think too far into the future. What was really at the root of that is uh, my mom had a really, really rough childhood. She was suffering. Um, she was trying to, to numb the pain with distraction, uh, really didn't have an opportunity or the resources to be able to work through her challenges of her childhood of, of abuse, um, sexual, physical a lot lots of emotional stuff going on. And of all of that, I mean, she never, you know, we never experienced any of the, the, uh, that kind of abuse. Um, but we, we were raised by someone who was suffering all the time. So it was always my wanting and my, my yearning to be able to find a way to support her or to be able to even support my brother in, you know, bouncing back and being able to heal and, and, and thrive um, actually given, you know, the, the environment. And, and so that became sort of my focus. It, it it was what drove me all the time is how could I help people? How could I make them feel good? You know, how can I help them to, to just evolve? And, and I remember when I was 12 years old, um, I was in grade six and I'd been to three different schools that year. And um, I found myself kind of at that place, I think that we all get to, where all of a sudden you're not a child anymore and you start to see things for what they really are, or you start to see things a little bit more clearly. And I started to recognize that there was a lot of choices being made that were not being made in, you know, in the best interest of the child or that were maybe being made as a result of just trying to get by, uh, made out of fear or guilt or shame. And, um, and I found myself in the office of the guidance counselor's office and, and he introduced me to this idea. I, I call him my first coach. I don't even know what his name is. I should look that up one day. But he introduced me to the idea of self-care to really you know, take a moment to, to take care of myself and, and get centered or get focused. And, and what I refer to now as getting into a resourceful state and then also seeing the opportunities there. You know, what is it that um, that I've gained from having all of those experiences? And, and you know, and, and if you're going to, you know, make a list of all the things that you, you didn't get, well, obviously there were some things that you did get from this experience. So what were they? And as you began to think about that, it really helped me at that stage anyways, be, be a part of my identity. Well, I'm very you know, independent. I'm able to, you know, make friends just about anywhere I go. Um, I was able to um, support people who needed my help regardless of what was going on. And I could deal with some really challenging uncertainty. So lots of really positive things. And it was just from switching the perspective of what, well, what's the gift here or what's the opportunities? What is the, what is it that really helped? And I, I think that's a really important a tool to use when you're looking at resilience because regardless of the situation there's always opportunities for you know especially in the challenging ones for there to be growth for there to be a stretching or a building of your character and sometimes we're so focused on you know the problems or the or the challenges that we that we miss being grateful for that or we miss noticing that those are evolving.
0: I love all of that. And I just want to highlight a few of the things that you said, because they're so relevant to the conversation around resilience and our lens of resilience here with the radical resilience transformation process. First of all, I just want to acknowledge you for gaining that level of clarity and insight at age 12. Okay. So let's just take a (laughs) moment there with that. And I know that you have an incredible daughter who also has that same level of you know, just mental fortitude and she's a brilliant young lady, but, you know, to be able to have that kind of insight at age 12 and what a blessing to have that kind of guidance and mentorship and somebody introducing you to these ideas. And you mentioned self-care, which of course is one of the primary pillars of the radical resilience transformation process. And A term that often gets uh, misused, I think. Oftentimes, the idea of self-care gets misconstrued as simple pampering. And Mm. uh, I just really want to highlight that you had the mindset of the importance of self-care and that you were able to shift the frame for yourself from one of, oh my gosh, look at everything that's happened to me. And Mm. you're able to look at it through the lens of, look at everything that's happened for me and that you are able to look back now at the that time, which certainly wasn't easy. I mean, to think about that much transition and moving around, you know, to be able to say, you know, it actually made me who I am today. It made me independent. It made me adaptable. I can make friends wherever I go. And to be able to recognize that I think so many of our listeners could benefit from hearing that because they might be in the thick of it they might be in the in the muck like in the shit of it right now and it's difficult to have that level of perspective when you're going through something but really it's a it's an incredible sign of growth and, and spiritual evolution to be able to pause even inside of those dark moments and say there's an opportunity here i don't know what it is but I know that I'm being stretched and being asked to grow.
1: So thank you for that beautiful insight. And you're right. Looking back is always easier to see how it's made you stronger. And of course, like now, you know, looking back, I go, wow, like, you know, I wouldn't have wished that life for my mom and I wouldn't have wished that childhood for myself and for my, for my brother, but I wouldn't change it for the world because it made me who I am. Like there's no way I would have the desire to help young kids And their parents go through these challenging times had i not been there and now i have this like i'm a coach where i help support people and and make a difference every day and and i love my work um and that's because of all of that challenging stuff that happened so and i think that's really the pivotal part of healing is seeing the gifts or seeing the the lessons or the meaning and difficult things and how it has actually improved your life so I love that. I, we here
0: uh, like to use a phrase or I, I can't even tell you where I heard it or who I'm quoting, but uh, we like to call that taking your pain and making it your purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think you've really been a demonstration and an embodiment of that. If you would, Gina, share with us a little bit about some of the other things that you did or or have subsequently learned and tools that you've implemented for yourself. Um, Certainly in times of of difficulty, you know, as we evolve, you know, it's not like we only have one moment of adversity. You know, you and I are both Mm -hmm. ladies who've gone through divorce and certainly that comes with its challenges and, you know, custody issues and things of that nature. But what are some of the things that you've done for yourself or things that you implement with clients even that are real sort of tactical, tangible things that you found to be impactful in continuing to cultivate your resilience and come back to center.
1: One of the pieces of this story, the relationship of my childhood, the relationship with my mom, is you know in my in my early twenties um, we had a lot of conflict, a lot of challenge uh, we were going through. She was in need of money, I couldn't give it to her. She tried suing me. It was it was really volatile. And what was interesting that you know for me is my interpretation of the the sequence of events um my perspective was so different than hers and i i spent a lot of time trying to wrap my head around like how could she have seen it from that perspective or or it it was the same thing that happened like we the same sequence of events but just a completely different spin on it and i began to you know kind of contemplate how that was you know prior to those moments so in my teen years and and in other people's lives and i noticed that that it's the story that we tell and that we really have the ability to create or or to shift our perspective and tell whatever story we want so of course in my early 20s when we were in in the heat of this of this crazy battle i was grab asking for how can I make this a you know an empowered story? How can I not feel angry and upset and shameful and, and guilty and how can I turn this around? How can I make this part of, of my strength? How can I make this part of who I'm becoming or tell a new story? Because this one sucks. What I noticed is is if you're in a resilient place or a resourceful place, you can grasp a story that doesn't change the sequence of events. It doesn't change the truth, but it allows you to either feel like a victim or feel empowered. Like you've really in control of your life or in control of your perspective. And so, you know, when I said earlier, it's made me who I am and, and allowed me to really do what I love that came from taking time to sit down and go, okay, yeah, this is the, this is what's what's transpiring. This is, you know, how um, I've been raised. This is the things I've been exposed to, you know, lots of drugs, lots of alcohol, lots of conflict, lots of violent uh, behavior. How can I transition that and make it a gift? Uh, Or what can I do to give it an empowered meaning? And that took some time, you know, especially when you're in the thick of it, there's resistance there. There's like, there's no gifts here. This is you know, uh, this is, this is not a good place to be. But if you dig, if you, if you continue to ask and, and, uh, you know, what is the opportunities here? How is this improving myself? Or how, what is there that, that has allowed me to invest in my future? What's, how is this going to make a difference for me? And, And you keep digging and finding a way to tell a new story. And, I think it's so fascinating in our human psychology that we can take the same sequence of events and completely shift the perspective and tell a brand new story about the same event. And like I said, I w I wouldn't change my childhood. It, 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 it drove me to want to help people. It still drives me to want to help people. And when I can make a shift in someone that has completely helped them to let go of some baggage or, or see, you know, their gifts, And we have that touching emotional moment where they just finally sort of land at home. It's like, it's, that's all there is. It's just the most beautiful moment. So I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have been driven to this place without that. So, you know, changing the story, putting a perspective on things is so important. I
0: love that so much just to kind of highlight what you said there. Uh, First of all, I love Byron Katie's work and I'm sure you know uh, of her work too. And of her work, The Work, is really all about shifting your perspective on that story, you know. And I was just at an event where she was speaking and, you know, she continues to be a, a resource for me and, and a source of wisdom and a teacher that I turn to. And on her folder that she handed out to everybody, it said, who would you be without your story? And I got to thinking about that who would you be without your story being the sort of negative narrative? And my response to that was, you'd be more of who you really are. And Mm -hmm. I love your perspective on, you know, you can tell whatever story you want about what happened because you're absolutely right. Two people can experience the same exact thing and have two completely different narratives about what happened or the meaning that we give to what happened. And there's beautiful work to be done, as, as you and I have talked about in the past in terms of uh, Marshall Rosenthal's work with uh, you know nonviolent communication, where you can simply just, like a court reporter, take inventory of the events that happened totally objectively and then deconstruct what is the meaning that I'm giving that, right? So what's the story I'm choosing to tell about that? There's the facts of what happened, and then there's the meaning that we lay on top of that. And I just want to highlight here, too, the importance of, you know, you mentioned when you're in the thick of it, you're like, well, what is the the benefit of this? Because it is really important, too, because so many people in this conversation of personal development and spirituality can be tempted to go the route of spiritual bypassing. And by that, I mean pretending to tell a better story, right, rather than actually feeling yeah. the feelings, moving through those emotions, processing them, releasing the baggage authentically, you know, sort of sugarcoating what happened and pretending from an inauthentic place that, oh no, everything is fine. And look at, it's it just made me who I am. And I really want to encourage our listeners to drop in to stillness if you're going through that and, and make sure that when you're telling that new narrative, you're doing it from a holy authentic and congruent space so that you are not spiritual bypassing, right? So what we're suggesting is not to sit there and go, oh, we'll just make up any old story about what happened to you, but really be with the truth of your feelings, you know, be with that pain, be with the emotions that you're feeling, get mm-hmm. support certainly to help you process and move through those things or let go of the baggage, but then know that your reality and the life that you're living is 100% of your own making in terms of the narrative you're choosing to give it. And so I think that's really the takeaway I'm getting, Gina, from what you're saying is you can tell whatever story you want to about what's happened to you, even while you're in it and certainly when you're on the other side of it. And, you know, of course... You and I both have, have incredible stories of, of some crazy shit that we've gone through, both in childhood and in our adult years. And like you, I'm of the mind that I wouldn't change any of it for the world. I, I wouldn't change any moment of grief or adversity or, or being at that place of rock bottom for anything because I, I do know that it has driven me like it has driven you. So I think that's an incredible perspective mm-hmm. To offer our listeners is just to to be really present to that. Mm -hmm. I want to take just a few minutes and talk a little bit about the work that you do in the world before we wrap up. I know that you do these incredible Radiant Girls events and you are really getting to our young people at a time in their lives when it's it's really pivotal to be doing some of this work and, and you are, are empowering our women as they're becoming women. So I, I would love for you to just take a couple minutes to speak to that and talk to us about the work that you're doing in the world that you're so passionate about.
1: Yeah. So, you know... I hear so many times from parents or from teachers like, wow, if I had learned this stuff when I was a kid, my life would be so different. And so that's really driven me to say, well, how can I teach this to kids? And how might I, you know, allow them to have these lessons? And so I've created some events that teach it from an experiential way. And as an example, you know, how do you build self-esteem is through doing something that you didn't think that you were able to do. And so many girls, especially, and boys, but so many youth have few opportunities where they're really pushed or challenged to kind of grow or be in situations that are challenging, that are fearful or that are uncomfortable, where they, you know, in a world where everybody gets a ribbon, um, self-esteem is pretty low. So I put them in challenging situations where they have to figure out a way out. One of my favorite things to do is take them for a walk into the forest. And of course, there's only one path out, but they don't know that. And I say, okay, see you later. <laughs> find your <laughs> way out. And, you know, I watch from afar and they go through the motions and, and find a way to work together and create a plan and communicate effecti- effectively. And they've give, they've been given skills up to this point. And so I might, you know, lean in and say, use those skills. Remember we talked about and." And give them some guidance in terms of pulling up some of the, the things that we've been preempting. And then once they go through that and they find their way out, they, oh my God, that was incredible. I thought we were lost. I thought we'd never get out, you know. Um, so things like that or going through a board break or doing things blindfoldedly, you know, they, it's just such a transformational experience for kids and to watch them you know, go through that experiential process where they're challenged and struggling and then overcome it. And that, you you know, euphoric experience afterwards is really uh, awesome. And then to be able to get parents to recognize that, you know, their kids need to go through those experiences and to kind of let the reins go a little bit or to provide opportunities for them to grow. It's just such an important part of our culture.
0: Well, it's so beautiful too, because it's like training ground for life, right? So the things that they're doing are metaphors for what they're going to experience in life. So what a beautiful opportunity and gift you're giving both the kids and the parents to practice how they want to show up in life and and how they can really be empowered and resilient and persevere. So I just think it's awesome what you're doing. How do our listeners get a hold of you or follow you on social media channels or get more information about... The events that you do.
1: Um, great question. I got a bunch of different avenues for that. The Radiant Girls stuff is uh, www.radiantgirls.ca, and the majority of my other work is on Serenity Valley.ca. So, you know, whether it's uh, kids' work or whether it's adult work, uh, those are the two channels that you'll find me.
0: You are one of my dearest friends, and we are peas in a pod, certainly, and it's such a pleasure. It's such a joy to have you on this show. I hope to have you back as a guest in the future, and I just really want to thank you for your incredible contribution and for the light that you shine in the world. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you. It was great. I'd love to come back. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. So thank you
0: all for tuning in, for listening. Remember to download, share, and subscribe to Radical Resilience, the podcast. If you have an amazing woman in your life who you feel would benefit from this conversation, please feel free to pass it along to them. We'll be back next week with another incredible guest on Radical Resilience, the podcast. From my heart to yours with so much love and aloha, namaste. I'm Pega Codian. Thank you for listening to Radical Resilience, the podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Be sure to go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and rate. And remember to share this with all the amazing women in your life. Join us next week for another episode of Radical Resilience, the podcast.